Welcome to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast, the premier provider of leadership consulting, culture shaping, and senior level executive search services. Every day, we're privileged to talk with fascinating people who are shaping the future through their leadership and vision. Each episode, you'll hear a different perspective from thought leaders and innovators. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hi, I'm Roman Wecker, a principal in the Hydrogen Struggles Frankfurt office and a member of the Global Industrial Practice. In today's podcast, I'm speaking to Dr. Alex Sibelius, managing partner and head of the DACH region of CVC Capital Partners, a global private equity firm who recently ventured for the first time also in Israel. Alex started his career as a heart surgeon, then moved to consultancy working for McKinsey and spent 23 years at Goldman Sachs. Well known in Germany and within the financial services sector for being the dealmaker behind the mega deals Mannesmann Vodafone and Daimler Chrysler, Alex is also a long-standing supervisory board member of several publicly and privately uh, traded companies. Alex, welcome and thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today. Roman, great meeting you. So to start the discussion, Alex, um, you started your career as a heart surgeon, then moved to financial services and private equity. What parts of being a doctor were surprisingly helpful and gave you an advantage in business? Well, um, there, there might be two factors. One is a pretty obvious one. You know, if you are in um, surgery and if you are kind of very often in extreme situations with people, with human beings, you start to realize that at the end of the day, um, and that uh, sounds a bit strange, but Everybody is, to a certain extent, a patient, i.e. somebody who's looking for help, for support, and is in extreme situations as well, very much susceptible to stress and as well to the almost same recipes um, that you can apply as well in daily life, how you can help a person. So, And sometimes in business... It is as well about helping individuals to get uh, on the right track and doing the right stuff. And they have almost always to do with their personality and the fact that they are human beings and not machines. And that is something that you are trained um, in being a medical doctor. Um, the second one is obviously that hasn't got to do that much with a medical doctor, but you know, if you kind of take medicine as uh, studies, It is almost, I call a bit like a studium generale of natural sciences. So you have understood how basic principles in physics, in physiology, in biochemistry, in chemistry, pathology, and so on, so work. So there are as well here and there certain things which you can just take into your new life uh, because you understand some science questions perhaps better. These would be the two things that immediately come to my mind. So if you think about a challenging time during your career, how did you overcome it and what were your lessons learned? Obviously, when, when you're taking decisions like moving from uh, basically the theater into McKinsey, that is pretty challenging because I knew nothing about business. I had not done any sort of formal business training. And I was kind of doing on Wednesday, the last appendectomy in the night shift. And on Monday, I was starting with McKinsey by that time sent to Novartis, um, or by that time it was called um, Sandos to do um, the restructuring of the headquarter, which uh, basically, and I didn't know what a cash flow was. I didn't know what an organigram looked like. So 
you take some risk yourself. And I think one important lesson was you should always know what you don't know. So second, you should reach out to help and to understand how some other people could support you in acquiring additional knowledge. And then the last one is as well, you should not underestimate the immunological reaction of an organization and should deal with that. For example, when I moved from uh, McKinsey to Goldman, it might have been not such a business risk, but on the other hand, it was an organizational risk because investment bankers tend to kind of have the perception that consultants aren't any good. And I could have, I was at McKinsey, I was a pretty early made partner. I was, uh, you know, sort of had made it somehow in the hierarchy. And I could now have said, okay, let's go and let's try to become a similar position in Goldman. But I felt, no, I don't know what investment banking is all about. And I'd rather kind of join as an associate. And a lot of people had misunderstood why is he now kind of going while he was a apparently successful partner at McKinsey is now going to become an associate at Goldman Sachs. You know, it must be something wrong, but it wasn't wrong. It was kind of my deliberate decision that I'd rather start as an associate, try to learn from scratch, earn my accolades if there are any, rather than coming with a chip on the shoulder and at the end of the organization will tell you that you don't know enough or not good enough because it's never depending on you. It's always depending on your role within an organization. And so from that perspective, I think that was as well a kind of a lesson, not a lesson, but I thought something that I luckily applied. I was then promoted within Goldman relatively quickly, but had I come in at the title or at the hierarchical level that I had achieved after half a year or a year, right from the beginning, it would have been much, much more difficult for me to kind of uh, make my mark in the organization. More specifically, in your current sector, how does leadership in private equity-led firms differ from leadership at other companies? The fact in private equity firms is that there is basically, um, you are representing the shareholder very directly and you take the responsibility. So decision-making is director, decision-making is more entrepreneurial and decision-making is as well alongside some might say a pretty one-dimensional function. It is kind of creating value. So that's one thing as a private equity player. Overall, as a meta topic, however, you are having the managers who manage the companies. We as private equity sponsors don't manage the businesses, but the managers are as well shareholders of the company. So from that perspective, private equity resolve the embedded conflict between capital and management mm. because we ourselves feel, and particularly at CVC, as managers because we want to stay close to our money despite we don't manage the business, but we mm. manage the deal or the case. On the other hand, managers are through the typical private equity specific incentivization mechanisms are as well becoming shareholders And that makes sort of faster decisions, more direct decisions, more entrepreneurial decisions, 
on a company much more possible. How important are soft factors of leadership like mindset and cultural change versus the hard ones like restructuring and rigor and execution? I don't think that there is really, uh, that this is a worthwhile discrimination. I, I don't know what hard skills are and I don't know what soft skills are. If you mean hard decisions, um, i.e. intellectually rigorous decisions might sometimes be hard on certain businesses or on certain people or certain individuals. Nevertheless, to implement these decisions, you always need quote unquote soft skills. If you mean with soft skills, empathy and the ability, which I just mentioned in the beginning to understand what an individual wants and what drives him and why is that quote unquote a hard decision for him. I think the analytical rigor always has to be there. Mm-hmm. And then you have to apply your skills together. What can PE-led firms learn from um, from other companies in other sectors? Well, I think PE-led firms, do you mean the PE entity itself or do you mean a, PE, portfo- a portfolio, portfolio company? company? Yes. Yeah, well, a portfolio company can learn from broader, either family-owned companies. They can learn a lot there because they're some longer term perspectives sometimes to think through generations. That's something that uh, we would not have because private equity is always ownership over a certain amount of time because we have to basically pay back the money that we got from our investors to them. So by definition, we can't have a perspective over 20 or 30 years, but it's as well a prejudice that we kind of are only short term oriented because Even if we sell after five years or six or seven years, we still have to sell a company that a buyer has again, at the minimum, an additional perspective of uh, five or seven years. So overall, you have always to kind of manage accordingly that it is attractive as well for 10 years. So that's with regard to family owned companies, with regard to publicly quoted companies. There's obviously something uh, which which we day in, day out learning on our way to make some of our portfolio companies publicly quoted companies. So yeah. there are certain things about communication with the with the broader public, with the stakeholders, that we can learn how you how you can do it better. And but we try to implement that. We have we've done many successful IPOs. So we we know what a public company needs to do in order to, to migrate from a private equity owned company into a public format. So how important is the influx of external talent and and on what level for your portfolio companies, but also for your own CBC organization? Um, It's very important. It is different, though, in in quantity, let's say, as compared to Goldman or McKinsey and talking about uh, CVC as a high performance organization itself, we don't hire that many people. You know, McKinsey hires in thousands in Germany alone per year, I think a Goldman perhaps in the 50s or in the tens to hundreds. And we at CVC here in Germany, we hire perhaps all two years, uh, we hire one or two. So it's a very small group. So every individual is nevertheless as important. And that's why we still keep, again, the same sort of level um, or the same kind of criteria by which we select the people. On portfolio companies, it is different there. It is sort of one of the key tasks of um, a private equity firm is obviously to hire either advisors who have 
had some experience in a given industry or with a given company or hire in management teams, a CEO who kind of joins with a deal into a company or even while a company is in your portfolio, you might have to exchange, you have, might have to upgrade or add some additional management talent. So here we are working as well with our own networks, but we definitely use um, as well um, executive search firms like yours because they play a very important role to empower as well the private equity firm to get the right talent in place. So we didn't want to spend too much time on the pandemic, but still uh, two questions uh, allow me to ask about the the, uh, the influence of, of COVID. So, so how much did the, the global pandemic affect your overall portfolio? What what were maybe the, the most challenging, but maybe also the most beneficial aspects you experienced? The most challenging is obviously twofold. One, it's on the business level, where just, uh, you know, for example, we own a large retailer. If uh, all business or all shops are closed, that has a definite impact on the revenue line and as well on the profit line. So that is something where you had as well in the beginning of the pandemic through our whole portfolio to really focus on what is the immediate cash impact on a company? Where can we survive? What can we do? Um, what do we have to do in order to ensure that the, the company is not getting into trouble? The second direct impact is obviously one that we had the chance to accelerate some programs in the companies. For example, if it comes to digitalization in the given retail company, we were kind of able to jumpstart and leapfrog almost digitalization effort and were able to kind of accelerate that significantly. Then the way how people communicate with each other, that's as well changing despite I, from time to time I'm a, a bit... Uh, getting uh, tired to look always on the small uh, video conference screens. So that's what we, we had to learn as well. So with our portfolio, we are as of now, and I'm talking on, on CVC level globally, we are relatively, let's touch on wood, positive on the, on the outcome, but you don't know how long this is going to last and what impact it will have um, in the future. What, what further changes are you foreseeing? It's depending on an individual basis or on a corporate or organizational basis. On the individual basis, I'm always saying there are three things. One, stay intellectually curious. Two, know exactly what you don't know. That's the key thing. You know, I personally always said I know what I'm able to do. But, you know, for example, I, I admire big CEOs a lot because I don't know if, if I were a big corporate guy who kind of could lead thousands of people don't know if, if that would be kind of played to my skills, for example. So that's what you should on, on your individual basis focus on. And the third one is never forget that working or doing a job should as well kind of, and I'm trying to tell it as well, the, the most junior hires we do here should as always have an element of fun or per personal satisfaction or fun or whatever you want to call it. If you, if you don't have that, you can't do good what you are bad, bad at. So these are the three individual things. On the corporate things, I think the way how we all interact with uh, each other uh, might change if this um, meeting and traveling escapism will continue like um, like it had been in the past. I don't know. And um, we will uh, find ways how we implement new business models faster and quicker. To a certain extent, 
as negative as it might be, destruction lies always as well a chance to to build something new. And that that is, I think, what will uh, be the chance of this uh, pandemic as well. So final question, what, what's what's maybe the single most important way your own organization is building on the lessons of 2020? It is very important to kind of stay and stick to the culture that makes an organization. And that is one of, at CVC, of um, decentral decision-making, entrepreneurial spirit, a meritocratic behavior, And whatever happens around you, if you stick to these cultural values, you're able to deal with the adversities externally. Alex, great insights. Thank you so much for making the time to speak with us today. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time.